listen, I'm, I'm glad we have a door, right? But we should be able to use it. Like, what are what good are saloon doors if I can't walk through them? Wait, that guy who put the, the porn door on put saloon doors on there? Yeah. So he put, like, a glass door. And I called Jerry, and I said, what is the point of a glass door on a porno room? Jerry, obviously speaking with, like, his fucking voice modulator on, said he'll call the guy back. Dude comes back. They start to just put up, like, laundry doors. And I had the idea, well, if I'm going in there with a handful of porn, you know what I mean? I don't want to have to use a handle, so. but So it's just split the the Red Sea right into to Pornville, right? That would be the idea, but he didn't put up... He'll put up one door. It's not two doors. Like, it won't... I've walked into it twice and dripped porno everywhere. Sir? Yeah. Can we help you? Wait, let me put my chainsaw down. Yeah, may want to take that outside. All right. We need to put a louder bell on that door, dude. Yeah, for real. I get the confusion here, but you guys recommended this movie to me. This is a pile of shit. No? Yeah. Okay. Army of the Dead? No. Yeah, because that was free. Yeah, we gave you one. We haven't charged a single person for Army of the Dead. I don't want any more copies of Army of the Dead. Stop giving them to me. Quit coming in here. Well, I came in for one movie. I walked out with three, and I've already got three of these at home. Sir, it was a simple math problem. Dude with a chainsaw, chainsaw movie equals, you know, that guy's taking that movie home. Yeah. Well, let's get back to my real complaint. Okay. Have you ever seen American Beauty? Great chainsaw movie. I've seen a bag float through the air. Uh, You've seen it. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. All right, well, you recommended this movie to me, and I just want to know why. Look at the cover, dude. Yeah. (laughs) You come in here every week with the worst lipstick I've ever seen and a chainsaw. Yeah, I I get how the mistake was made. Is that even your real hair? Did you guys even watch this movie before you recommended it? We oh, have to no. watch every movie, sir. No. Wait. No. Don't say that in front of Jerry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just kind of pulled it we out of a pile of guns. loved this movie. Dan, yeah, now, you, Dan now you say it, so it's on the record. Oh, uh, this movie was excellent. You should view it. Yeah, this whole, right, this whole place is bugged. Yeah. Tell me your favorite part, then. The one with the chainsaw. Okay, so you obviously watched it. Uh, let me see. There was, um... Well, there was yeah, that the... other part with the chainsaw. Oh, shit. God damn it. Well, I yeah, can't refute that, that. That part where he kills the guy with the chainsaw. Anyway. Actually, I want no. I would like a credit on my account for this. The fuck best is we can do is another copy of Army of the Dead. Like, <laughs> no, you don't even have to rent anything else today. I I don't want to rent anything else, and I don't want any. Stop handing them to me. I put it's, a free it's, it's instinctual there. at this point. Well, 
Can you at least credit me? Why don't we just trade it out? Please. Maybe one of you could just give me a dollar from your wallet. No, we already took the time to steal it from the register. On, we only have jerry coins, and I don't know what the conversion rate is right now. God damn it. So I, I have a chainsaw box full of these, dude. How about Looks we make hard. a deal? How about we make a deal? Okay. If you use your chainsaw to split the saloon doors to our porno room in half, I'll let you rent something else. So you just have one saloon door now that's connected in the middle? Yeah, it's pretty obvious when you get there. You got to... I don't know I who he hired. I think it's two doors that normally swing out. I think it was that Brian De Palma. Well, that guy doesn't know anything about putting a door in. On this week's episode of Five Day Rentals, we watch The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. All right. Welcome back to Five Day Rentals. I'm Bile. I'm joined as always by Bones and Dan. This will be the first movie in a series of films called Sequels Only. Ooh. That's right. We're skipping part one and jumping right into the deep end. Big number two. Or three or four. Yeah. Uh, so we all watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Guys, how much did you fucking love this movie? Karan, I think that's the end segment of our show. <laughs> all right. Well, give me your first impressions about how much you love this fucking movie. Bones. I want people to keep listening, so... Uh, stay tuned. I, I listen. I can't, dude. This is a fucking piece of shit. This this was a painful hour and a half, man. God damn it! You know what really uh, kicked us in the fucking balls? Kim Hinkle is a fucking dude. Yeah, I thought about that too. <laughs> All right, correction right up top. Last week we said Kim Hinkle was a man or a woman. Turns out it's a man the whole time. Totally a dude. Pulling the old switcheroo on us. Which which is fine. Just totally sure. fine. Also, to be fair, we don't know how Kim Hinkle identifies. Yeah. So. Uh, worked on the original. Wrote with, the original. With Toe Hooper. Mm-hmm. Um. Pretty obvious who fucking carried all that weight, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Jesus yes. Christ. Part four makes it clear who who made the first one so good. It's not Kim Hinkle. This, yeah, this is like uh, if Edward Furlong tried to direct uh, Terminator 7. <laughs> it might be better than a few of them, actually. Yeah. Bones, I mean, before you got back from grabbing your beer, I told Dan... Last week, you guys got 
all shitty with me saying I'm t- I'm tanking the list. I'm throwing all these movies out to get in the top 10. So I feel like Next Generation is like a a blessing, you know? Oh, I I had a real sappy moment last week on Dead Heat. I admitted that <laughs> I felt sad because I feel like you guys aren't liking the movies that I'm picking as much as I think you should. That I'm afraid I'm picking bad movies for the podcast. I, I don't feel that way now. This you have <laughs> you have uh, you have blessed me with a few picks of like I don't care. Like this, this was a uh, fucking miserable, miserable to get through. Guys, I've, I mean, oh, I I told you with red sauce, you know. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is the best movie I have on my list <laughs> in all of my categories. I said we're going to be going pretty fast down a hill from here. And we're moving at great speed now. Terminal velocity, Kron, I think. Kron uh, did make a quote. It's a race to the bottom. And I thought I was in that lead with the monster dog. But... It has some competition. Uh, how do you feel about it, Kyle? Uh, I thought the first 45 minutes were okay. <laughs> like when it has a, a bit more of a traditional setup. Yeah. Like when I first actually, like the first 15 minutes at least, I was like, I don't know why everybody hates this movie. <laughs> like, this is all right. Like. I don't I didn't think it was great by any means, you know, but I was just like if people call this like a pile of shit, I'm not seeing it so far. <laughs> and then especially by the halfway point, I was just like, "Oh man. <laughs> this thing is just r- running off the rails." <laughs> running off the dirt road that they made for it. Mhm. You could you can look at my body position. I wish I could take a time lapse of this on my sofa, like the chaise, on how into a movie I am. If within 15 minutes, I am completely on my back, not even facing the television, mm-hmm. it's not a good sign. Like So, so there was no... You, you didn't even care for like the first... 15 to 20 minutes of this? Right off the bat, I think within... As soon as they're in the car, Uh I thought, why is this taking forever? (laughs) And it's one of the things I want to talk about in the movie is how much it's like they stretch out three minutes into nine minutes. Right. Like they'll repeat basically the same dialogue over and over. Um and I just kept thinking, like, what? What is this? This is a terrible way to to set people up for me to give a shit, you know. It's, I know I go off a lot about, you know, liking characters, and I, a, a really good writer, a really good director, can make you like somebody that isn't that likable, you know, Tarantino or De Palma or fucking. Scorsese, you know, like these movies where that are fucking classics, but the guys are, sh- you know, shitheads. Mm-hmm. Catcher in the Rye style, like what? I'm fucking fascinated. 
if you can't do that, if you can't deliver it, I'm immediately out. And that's how I really felt. And yeah, the first up when they were, when they wreck and we'll get to it and they're all arguing about who's going. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh fuck. I want, I, I, there was a, there was a switch in my head that thought, Oh, in this one, I'm going to have fun watching them all get murdered because they're all so shitty and mm-hmm. stupid that that's the trick of this one is I'm excited for McConaughey to show up and it's going to be a fun bloodbath. Oh no. Yeah, it just this movie gets worse and worse. <laughs> Truly. Like yeah. it's it's hard to find a movie that the opening credits are its peak. <laughs> <laughs> to me, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is very straightforward. You have your crazy family, you have your teenagers, death ensues. This just didn't get there. I'm like, this is the easiest thing you guys could do. What are you doing? I get trying to add a little bit of flair to it, update it a little bit. That, that's totally fine, but. It just drops the ball at fucking every point. You well, absolutely think, go, ahead, go ahead. Oh, I, well, I was going to agree with Dan that <clears throat> the uh, like, like right off the bat, I think the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. Love it. And this this movie is almost a remake of that at certain points. Like they mm-hmm. repeat the same bits from the first one and it's just crazy how much worse this is some of the same dialogue as well Mm -hmm. and the original house looks way creepier than what this house was Mm -hmm. yeah i like the other one was was lived in and like the house itself told the story. This is just a regular house that somebody threw shit all over the place. I like my Leatherface dirty, like, you know, covered in blood, grease, shit, whatever, teeth. This guy was like super clean cut Leatherface. I'm like, what the fuck is this? But I didn't. I thought it was incons. It's an inconsistent Leatherface. I sort of like the idea of it, of like that Ed Gein, more of like trying to make some skin and make hair and putting the lipstick. And I liked that aspect. I don't. I didn't like that compared to the dumb idiot who yells for half his screen time. You know, like there's literal shots of him after he throws the girl in the freezer. It's like 30 seconds of him running around his own house just screaming. Like, There's a ton of screaming in this yeah. film. And well, I, I thought about the first movie, that sequence at the end, or like towards the end where they're trying to get the old man to like hit her with the hammer mm-hmm. and like all the screaming in that sequence. But it's like that's a crescendo, like a buildup to that where you're just fucking terrified. In this one, it's so scattered and so constant, it just becomes annoying. I feel like this movie took an approach of 
what if Leatherface wasn't even important to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Mm-hmm. Well, we're relying on McConaughey here. Um, I did watch, there's a documentary on YouTube beyond the return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because that is the original title, Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And he's, Kim Hinkle says that he wrote him as what he thought a cross-dressing trans man pretty much would would go through, I guess. Kind of having, like, feelings and stuff. That's why he was so scared of, uh, like, actually hurting people. And that's why Zellweger got away with kind of turning the tides on him at the, at the dinner scene. So he was so scared of to, to actually hurt somebody because of his feelings. It's like it's Leatherface, bro. He wears people's faces on his face. Now, uh, spoiler alert: there's hardly any blood in this movie. No gore. Um, no gore, and I even, I was like, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to look some stuff up here because I want to see, did this thing get cut to hell? And one of the things that I read that there was an early subplot with Renee Zellweger's character and her stepdad mm-hmm. and her dealings with her own stepdad who's abusive and stuff, that sort of comes in later on where she like, is able to deal with them. So when she gets all bossy and wants to walk out at the end, it sort of explained that. Like yeah, that they, would have given sh- her more to to do, and I would have appreciated that a little bit more. They show that scene in the documentary. It gets cut from the from the film. Well, you guys want to jump into this plot? Give it to us, Kron. Mm-hmm. Rev that chainsaw up. You guys like that? Is that a good chainsaw? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Been working on my impressions. You're a regular right. Michael Winslow. <laughs> uh, so for the opening of this, we get a big block of text like we do with every Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. I have it written down. I'm not sure I really even want to read it. <laughs> well, basically, you'll, basically <laughs> what's that? I was going to say, how you could read it uh, really bland-like, and you'd still have more <laughs> life in it than the dude reading it. All right, we'll just get through it quick. August 18th, 1973, uh, news of a bizarre chainsaw-wielding family reports, which were to ignite the world's imagination began to filter out of central Texas. Regrettably, none of the family members were ever apprehended. For more than 10 years, nothing further was heard. Then, over the next several years, at least two minor, yet apparently related incidents were reported. Then again, nothing. Five long years of silence. Time is a flat circle. All right, all right, all right. I added that last bit. All right, so at this point we get a real long shot of a girl putting on a lipstick. It goes on for longer than it should. Uh, then she's 
getting herself into a prom dress. And boom, there you have it. She's ready for the prom. Uh, two different girls walk into the prom. And the first girl is looking for Barry. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but did you notice her friend that is with her at this point? Uh, I Is she supposed to be autistic or like what's going I, on with that one? I thought autistic or she had the DTs from alcohol withdrawal or something because <laughs> she like comes into the prom like twirling into the entranceway and then she's like real jittery and shit. Yeah. She's kind of like making head motions like come over this way. And then there's a part where she kind of like repeats the same word over and over. Yeah. Heather asks like a chaperone, have you seen Barry? And then the friend starts going on like she always uh, why uh, like a Jeff Goldblumy sort of. Yeah. What, uh, I don't know why she, uh, she why is she doing this? Uh, and it's like, what the fuck are, is you? Who are you talking about? I think she's trying to make fun of Selwegger there. Ginny. Really? I don't know. That's that's the only thing I could think of. I'm like... Well, okay. On my second painful viewing of this, <laughs> the chaperone has this look of like, oh, I, I took it as the chaperone saw Barry Mackin with somebody else. So when she says, oh, I thought you guys weren't together anymore, blah, blah, blah. I thought her friend was saying, like, don't listen to her. She's just trying to, like, rile you up. That's what she does. I mean, I I thought this girl, like, either had something wrong with her or my other thought was just, like, she got cast as a bit part in this movie. She was like, all right, you got to sell it. Like, this is your big break. Yeah. <laughs> Give them something they're going to remember. <laughs> so she animated to like a 15 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Where she's like a Crispin Glover in uh, Final Chapter mm-hmm. that is just mm-hmm. fucking outshining everybody. Well, and it's kind of like after I watched this whole movie, I was kind of like, I wish that girl in the red dress had stuck around for more of the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of that crazy acting could have really spiced some of this up a little bit. She's the, that's the titular lady in red. Mm hmm. So that song's about the autistic girl at the prom. Uh, so the main girl out of that group is Heather. She walks outside. She starts screaming for Barry, but he's just around a pillar mm-hmm. about. Five feet in front of her, making out with some other girl. Not hiding very well, Barry. You've never macked so hard that your your ears shut down? <laughs> yeah. Your sense of hearing, just your brain couldn't handle the simulation, so I had to shut down other senses? The tongue is so far down your throat that you can't hear? Yeah. Uh, so Heather finds Barry making out with this this other chick, and Heather storms off. She jumps in a car, which I assumed was Barry's car. Barry's yes. dad's car. All right. So she hops in Barry's dad's car. And he's a lawyer he, and a doctor and a pilot. He's got a real... Uh, and a banker. 
He's got a real Heath Ledger Joker origin story maybe, where maybe he's a Brad Bradshaw. You remember it changes that? every. You can't mention real names on that. What? No, not a guy we know. I, like that's a a lawyer in Missouri or something. He's like oh, a, yeah, he's like right. a lawyer, surgeon, doctor. Dan knows him. Yeah. The, he performed. The name Dan's. is super similar to somebody else that we went to high school with, so he panicked. But I know him. You fuckers lived here forever. Dan, he did your uh, open heart surgery and then helped you sue Burger King. He did my open heart surgery and then I sued him and he helped me with that. <laughs> I don't. It seems like a conflict of interest. Oh, I said file no, your taxes like a lawyer files taxes. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Uh, so now they're in Barry's car. Uh, Barry hops in as she's kind of peeling off. Um, Barry says, basically, I wasn't doing anything wrong. Heather says, I saw you kissing her. Barry says, it's like I can't even talk to my friends. You're so possessive. God, I can't believe how possessive you are. God, you're such a bitch, Heather. (laughs) Uh, Heather says... That's why you were feeling her up. And Barry just goes, you know what? Guys need sex. It's bad if you get all worked up and then you don't get any. That's how you get prostate cancer. Medi- medically sound. Probably need to get a new bit, Barry. I don't know. Barry's an asshole, but I still believe that you shouldn't get all worked up. I think it's bad for you. If you don't, I'm not saying it's the girl's responsibility. I'm just saying that you're siding with Barry here. No, I'm just siding with if you get all worked up, you should go home and take care of it. He's you saying should. that that the movie would work better if rather than getting caught making out with a chick, if he got caught jerking off in that car. Yeah. <laughs> it's not cheating if it's with yourself. I don't think i want to see barry doing either one jerking off or making out yeah well you see him make out how we'll get to that we'll get... i got a question uh at this point jenny who is renee zellweger and her boyfriend sean pop up from the back seat uh oh Heather and Barry get kind of freaked out by this. Uh, they run a they run a stoplight and they get in a minor fender bender with another car. I guess this was just supposed to be like a little jump scare, maybe. It seems unnecessary. This yeah. first minor car crash. I was just questioning how they got so far into the woods in like two minutes. Well, the the Texas Chainsaw House is located about a half mile away from the high school. That makes sense. Uh, Jenny says that the prostate thing that Barry said is a total lie. Barry said that his dad is a doctor. He thinks he'd know what's true. Sean used to be Barry's neighbor. Tells a story about how Barry used to invite girls over. He would say that his dad was a doctor. And that these girls could get breast cancer if they didn't let Barry feel them up. This guy's a sexual predator, dudes. (laughs) 
I think we need to cancel Barry, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Barry's canceled. Okay. But one would argue that uh, proper uh, massage techniques are used to identify breast cancer in early stages. I think he was just misguided. You know? so It's we, like he had he had the drive, but not the degree. <laughs> yeah. I think Bones is pro-Barry. No, I'm pro-breast uh, uh, cancer screenings. <laughs> Get checked out, ladies. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening now, yeah. let this... Let this episode of the podcast be the reason that you get screened. Yeah, I didn't want three white dudes tell you that. (laughs) I didn't want the message to get skewed in his uh, abhorrent behavior. Listeners, Uh, don't watch this movie. The four in the car must have taken a wrong turn because now they're down a dirt road. Uh, They're lost. They can't find a place to turn around anywhere. These assholes so they don't ju- even know how to make roads or some <laughs> shit. Yeah. So they just keep going down the road that they're on. Heather thinks that she sees something in the woods. Uh, so all four of them kind of turn to look. And then another car comes careening off of another dirt road and slams right into them. Now, at this point, I, I thought this was all a setup for the Chainsaw family. But it's not. <laughs> I would say it's a pretty nice looking collision there. Not bad. Um, so the other driver, everybody gets out. The other driver is out cold. He's just kind of laying on the ground. Ginny, Barry, and Heather decide that they're going to go leave the scene and try to find somebody that can help. And Sean is going to stay with the driver. As they're walking through the woods, Heather keeps getting freaked out. Um, She grabs Barry's arm at this point, which causes him to drop his flashlight. Barry says, great, now we can't see shit. But there's probably, conservatively, a million watts of floodlights in this thing. (laughs) It's never dark. Oh, it's a a full moon. I mean, (laughs) it's as bright as some days are. Yeah. So... And very foggy. Also, uh, Heather, in uh, on the scale of one to ten of annoyance, she's at a eight eight point five. By this point, she just gets worse and worse and worse. I think it it peaks when they arrive. Put her on the big list of annoying babes, huh? Big list of bitches. <laughs> Uh, Barry's able to pick up the flashlight and kind of just smacks it around a bunch. The light comes on, uh, and then they see a dead dog. That flashlight looks legit out of like 1930s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, where the fuck did you get that? And that, uh, the, dead uh, the, dog the, looked like a monster fucking, dog? Uh, <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. It looked like a fucking dinosaur. I wrote, is that, was that a fucking werewolf? <laughs> Would you have liked it better, Dan, if he just had one of those old, like, bobby lights that has, like, a, a candle in it? I wish <laughs> they, like, that... hold up from the top. Yeah, I wish he would have had that. It, he would have panned over down to it, and it would have kind of 
sucked you in tunnel vision and you just would have come out on the other side into monster dog. Wow. The, that's the crossover we need is the next generation monster dog. I like those well, big flashlight, those big box lights, the ones mm-hmm. that have the little coil cable that comes off of it. Yeah, those are always pretty cool looking. They look like, you know, old school lunch boxes. I think they use those, those in um, my bloody Valentine. Yeah, they're like the minor the minor flashlights. Yeah. Cuz then they the coil is so they can disconnect them and put them on their uh on their helmet. So these three, they find a trailer office. There's a lady inside. What is this uh, business? I don't know, like construction or real estate or I think something. it was real estate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a realist. I always love to go visit my realtor in his trailer. <laughs> That's how you know he's a pro with their slutty assistant or whoever this mm-hmm. lady is. Well, my realtor is also a surgeon and a lawyer and Accountant? tax guy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm sure if we contact the guy, he would advertise here. Uh, so this lady inside, you know the. These three tell her what's going on. She says she's going to place a call, and she makes a call to someone named Vilmer. Let's let's not blow over the fact that they kick open the door. They say, call somebody. There's been an accident. Barry and, and Heather she, fucking rack out on a chair. She flashes her tits. Yeah, in a second. But Heather's like, could somebody please get me some water? And her and Barry start arguing. It. There's very little explanation. It the the tone of the performance in the writing is so bland. They're just some whiny ass kids. Yeah, but dude. there's they just the the woman barely asks any questions, just like picks it up, starts I guess we know later on why she's like all excited to get some struggling teens, but Oh she I knows. Mean, the whole tone is just off. If these kids came into my trailer office, I'd just tell them to leave, man. Plus, it's like 10 o'clock. Why is she at this office? She needed to be there for the plot to continue. Right. Was she just hanging out because she had to pick pizza up on the way home? Yeah, I think so. This Uh, can be added to the uh, red sauce category. Cron. Sure. A little red sauce crossover. Yeah. I'm just trying to look at the list real quick and see if anything else applies. Not really. Uh, so somebody throws something through the window of this little trailer office. This lady, uh, what is her name? I'm just I'm just going to call her lady. Oh. She's literally a lady in all my notes. Is it Ga- I thought it was Gail, honestly. Might not be. Somebody IMDb that. Anyway. I'm on it. Uh, we don't support IMDb. We support Letterboxd. As she, uh, as this rock or whatever comes flying through the window, this lady responds by just getting up and flashing whoever threw this rock at them. It's a weird response, but... Darla. Darla. Darla.
But, you know, it's like I never I never tried this strategy of just a brick through the window. Could have been seeing tits all the time. Yeah, I would have invested in tons of bricks. Mm-hmm. Start working on teardowns just to get some free supplies. Well, the uh, thing is, the, like, that... The union wouldn't appreciate that. Wrapped around that brick was a... Um, Breast cancer safety awareness brochure. <laughs> oh, that's why she flashed everyone to show that she was healthy. Well, yeah, yeah, but people are throwing bricks like to give them to these women. Like, hey, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Wait, so that you're you need to paint your brick pink, so people know <laughs> it's a breast cancer brick. Up until this point, I believe that I had seen this movie because I remember that scene and I think we were in Germany but I don't we didn't pay attention to anything after this because we either started drinking or smoking and yeah, I don't remember none of this movie after that breast exams oh man all around Daryl's Daryl's in the hospital oh shit what happened he started running his mouth off to this guy, got his face busted in with a breast cancer brick. Fuck. <laughs> it's Those all right, though. Good, not bad. That's all right, though. During the MRI, they found two lumps in his left <laughs> tit. Probably saved his life. Uh, we cut back over to the crash. McConaughey Do we need shows to up. include the... Uh, the breast cancer awareness like website on this this episode. Isn't that whole thing like a scam? Like that whole think pink <laughs> I thing. I don't think so. No, I I think like <laughs> that organization takes like eighty percent of their donations or some shit. Dude, way to have the balls to go after big breast cancer I'm, research. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look this up. Obviously We're gonna uh, be on the Today show tomorrow. <laughs> Lowest rated podcast, the podcast in the trying world. to take down. <laughs> now on trying the radar to take for its anti breast cancer awareness <laughs> message. That's fine. I I'll wear uh, I'll wear some uh, something pink and I'll go on a walk. Five K. I'll go. You know, even bad a, press is good press. I'll do a fun run. All right. <laughs> Bruh. Breast cancer awareness truther. We'll do a breast cancer awareness uh, like special episode, and all of what we, you know, bring in, we'll donate. Well, what are you wearing, pink? You fucking sheep, pussy. All right, so we cut back over to the crash. Uh, McConaughey shows up in an old truck, and he gets out. He basically just walks up and pronounces this kid on the ground dead. And Sean is like, no, I'm pretty sure he's just passed out. And McConaughey snaps this guy's neck. How did you catch this guy's name? Because I didn't even know he had a name, Sean. Sean is the boyfriend. Yeah. Is Ginny's boyfriend. One in the back. Yeah. Uh, So at this point, we cut back over to the three kids. Thanks for calling a wrecker for us, they say. Uh, Ginny even like has a little part where she asks if the guy over at the gas station would be able to help. 
And Dar was like, no, that guy shoots first and asks questions later. Don't go talk to him. Uh, we cut back over to McConaughey. Sean is basically running down the road trying to get a- away from him. Uh, I I don't know why I thought this was funny, but there's a part where he like stops running. And yes. McConaughey pulls up next to him. And he's like, please, mister, you're scaring me. <laughs> it's like the most... Opie from Andy Griffith, like yeah. well, <laughs> delivery, and then he goes, "Just come on, give me a chance." Like, yeah. <laughs> run into the woods, dude. Get off the all fucking the, road. All mm-hmm. the like wood shots in this film are terrible. Like they're just like random as scabby as looking trees, like for filling. It looks like a lot of the dirt roads. Around where we grew up. You know, like they just filmed all that shit on the same half mile stretch. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, McConaughey chases this kid a little bit more and finally hits him and then just proceeds to like back up and run over him about 10 more times. It's so fucking lame. It's shot in a wide in front of the thing. You just see it like go up back up back and he's listening to like some shitty heavy metal like a tape that he put in or something yeah, yeah. a little white snake or something i think so dan did your mom Don't, recognize it do not put something good into something bad okay dan make your mom watch the next generation and let us know if that's white snake or not yeah, make her watch all seven seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> Do we uh, need to... We can call Chad. He'll he'll give us a rundown on that. We're back over to the three. Uh, a truck comes down the road. Barry tries to flag this truck down. Uh, he starts running after it. Heather follows. And now Jenny's all alone. Yeah, why would you do that? Just chase a truck down the road? No, just like leave one of your partners behind. Oh, they they're not friends. They're so shitty to each other. Yeah, just they like were just... just like how Kron has said he's gonna take us into the woods and shoot us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was that was that pre record? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I will. I'll shoot you both in the woods. <laughs> You know, we're supposed to come and visit you like here in the next few months, right? I just really hope that at this point, like neither one of you gets shot in the woods because now there'll be this damnable piece of evidence Mm -hmm. against me. (laughs) Just hang over my head for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm going to do like McCaffrey style where I'm just going to start talking about how if I'm ever shot in the woods... It wasn't a suicide. Kyle murdered me. <laughs> he took all my clothes off, chased me into the woods. Uh, so let's see. We get a little jump scare here where Jenny gets attacked by a big trash bag. <laughs> and I was thinking American Beauty, baby. Mm-hmm. I thought this scene was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Uh, I was like, Oscar, anybody? We cut back over to Barry and Heather. Uh, (laughs) 
think this is my only note like this, but I just wrote this scene is pretty much useless. I don't know what they talk about here, but they just prattle on while they're looking for this truck for a little uh, while. Yeah, she's she, like talking about her, death or her, some shit. Yeah, she goes on about how her mom hates her dad, but she mm-hmm. stays with him for the money. So she's basically saying, I'll stay with you, Barry, you know, because you've got a good life. Like, you're an asshole. And I think he was sort of like, why would you do that to yourself? Oh, I actually, I think he says, like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> like, uh, that's, what, that's how marriages work. <laughs> right. And then I think, doesn't she go on about how she saw Jenny? She saw Jenny in the showers. She's got a body to die for mm, or something. Yep. Cause she, yeah, because Barry keeps giving her a hard time. Uh, so at this point, Barry and Heather find this old truck that they were trying to flag down. It's out at an old farmhouse. Heather tries the front door, and Barry decides he's going to go around back to check. Try, is, try implies she just like like lightly knocked on the door and was patiently waiting for somebody to maybe offer assistance. Mm-hmm. She beats on the door, screams, kicks it. I wouldn't help this person. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you were trying to get, like, immediate help, you'd probably knock with some. But at this point, though, like, somebody's been called, you know? Like, they're just trying to get a ride back to the thing, back to the oh, crash yeah, site, true. you know? That's a good point. If it was after, right after the accident, I could see beating on it, but. Uh, Heather is out front sitting on the porch swing. Leatherface enters stage left and starts to examine her hair. <laughs> There's no way she would not have seen him. No. He just walks up directly behind her. Or smelled him. That's true, too. Yeah. It's uh, it's a very uh, Black Phillip at the end of The Witch. You know, he kind of just appears behind her. I, I didn't hate it. At that point, I was like, all right, that's the coolest thing in the movie so far, but. Wait, Black Phillip was in this movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. He offered Jenny a bunch of butter. Mm-hmm. He like, want to live butter. Deliciously. Uh, out back, a voice tells Barry to stop right there. It's some redneck who has Barry at gunpoint. You can't sh- you is- can't shoot me, Mister. I know about this guy who got shot while robbing a ho- or robbing a house or some shit. My mm-hmm. my dad's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm talking about. That's what I'm like. His dad has so many origin stories. It's like you want to know how I got these scars. <laughs> my dad's a roofer. Um, he's also. An audio engineer, and he's a chainsaw mechanic. You'd really need to sharpen that uh, that blade there, bud. Heather starts to feel Leatherface's presence behind her, and he's also playing with her hair a bunch. She stands up. Leatherface kicks over a broom. She freaks out. He grabs her. Uh, she gets into the house. But he catches her and throws her into a giant freezer. Out back, the redneck guy still has Barry at gunpoint. What I 
what I did enjoy in the freezer was how he throws her in, shuts the door, and then she immediately opens the door back up. Mm-hmm. I did think that I was funny. I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, so he had to grab some shit, like a something off the refrigerator next to her. Like to a like washer weigh it down. drum yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, this redneck guy tells Barry to go into the house. Barry says that's kidnapping, but I actually kind of need to use the bathroom. So I had to use your bathroom anyway. So he runs into the house and locks the door, which is exactly what the redneck guy wanted in the first place. Yeah. So I don't know why Barry considers this a win. Uh, Barry finds the bathroom. He's yelling to Heather about some crazy guy out back with a gun, but I locked him out. You should have seen how smart I was. Now, do we got a smut wall here? I think this is just a shit wall. I mean, it's covered in human skin. There are mm-hmm. some titties, and there's some picture on there. Which looks like some nudity, but no, I can really make it I, out. I can't allow this to be. No, no on the smut wall. No, because I don't want to ruin the, the joy of a smut wall. This is just atrocious. Yeah, listeners, I'm... we do have a new list available on our Letterbox HQ page called the films that feature Sly Stallone's Playboy covers. So if you know of any other films, please uh, let us know and we'll add those to our list. Thank you. I don't know why Barry doesn't react at all to how shitty this bathroom is. If I walked into that house, I would be mortified. I don't understand if you're going to have a house of horrors. Like, why you would just fill the bathtub with a deceased old lady. Like, you still got to take a shower and stuff, guys. These people don't shower, dude. Like, blood and tissue and body parts get on you. These these people shit directly into wherever they are. I mean, you can't jerk off with human blood all day long. I think it's just not possible. I think Leatherface is the exception that proves the rule or something, you know, like he is that. This is not hashtag. This is not my Leatherface. Yeah, I don't. I've never understood it. I've never liked that, that or gotten that appeal of all these people are so creepy and gross that their house is like this like you have to have some element of livability you know like like you're saying like there should have been another portion of the house that wasn't as fucked up and don't you know like there should have been like the leather face portion of the house and then where matthew mcconaughey was like well at least just don't shit on the ground like have the decency to to drop those turds into a condom you know there's no, Every episode. There's no safe yes. pooping in this house. <laughs> well, I think you just step in piles of it every, yeah. <laughs> every few steps. Like Darla's, I mean, I, Darla's trailer office looked pretty clean. Mm-hmm. Looked pretty nice. But that's like that's like a front yeah. to get you to the house. But they could have... I loved in the original that there was like live chickens in their house. I thought that was... It's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That I, makes sense. 
I get what you're saying, though, Bones. It's kind of like maybe if you kept your house a little nicer, you wouldn't have to rent a whole nother trailer just to have this this scam operation. I'm I'm just saying that even when I worked in EMS and I went to a house that was fucking god awful, there was still like some element of like a person could at least live and wash themselves in here, you know. Like, well, wouldn't you get more victims that way too? Yeah. Yeah, have a nice place. Yeah. Uh, Barry finishes up his piss. He turns around, does see a rotting body in the tub, and he also notices a skin suit hanging on the bathroom hook. He runs out of the bathroom. He instantly gets knocked out with a big hammer by Leatherface. Uh... Leatherface at this point goes and gets Heather out of the freezer, and he puts her on a big hook that's hanging in the corner, just like in Texas Chainsaw 1. So this is how Barry dies, correct? Yeah, I think Barry's gone after this. He just gets mashed with that hammer. Yeah, Barry got got smoked. Towards the end, I'm like, how the fuck did Barry die? Because I didn't even remember that. I, in the the remake, when... uh, when Leatherface throws the the hunky guy up on the hook, I remember that being pretty visceral. Like that guy really sells that. Or uh, in Overlord, did you guys see Overlord? Yeah, no, it's pretty good. Um, Wyatt Russell gets stuck on a on a hook like that. It's pretty brutal. We're back over to Jenny. McConaughey pulls up, tells her to get in the truck. She asks some pretty good questions at this point. Did you move the cars? Where is Sean? (laughs) Those are decent things to ask in a horror movie. Uh, McConaughey tells Jenny a story about a lady getting her arms cut off for taking a ride from a stranger. And then he knocks her glasses off, but also tells her to look behind her, which seems to defeat the purpose. Yeah. But... Uh, he has the corpses of Sean and the other guy from the wreck hanging off the back of his truck. And Sean's body is uh, in much better shape than you would have assumed, having yeah, been after- run over 24 times by a dually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenny sees... Uh, well, I wrote down here that Jenny sees some keys on the floorboard. I thought that this would be important at the end of the movie somehow, but it was not at no. all. Uh, she ends up jumping out of the truck. McConaughey tries to run her down, but she makes it to the tree line. And McConaughey basically just leaves at this point. Leatherface pops up in the woods with a chainsaw, chases Jenny through a pond. He definitely could have killed her at this point. At any time. Yeah. I mean, he's just kind of like waving the chainsaw all around her as she struggles to make it through this pond. Uh, Jenny makes it to the house finally. She goes inside and runs upstairs. Leatherface is sawing through the front door. Jenny finds a weird preserved cop upstairs. Yeah. Uh, The cop still has his gun, so she takes it. She tries to shoot at Leatherface, but the gun probably doesn't have any bullets in it. So she just ends up jumping out of a second floor window. She lands on the roof. Which is pretty good. Leatherface follows her out, 
starts sawing through the chimney and kind of like raining bricks down on her. Jenny finds a wire. She jumps onto that. Leatherface cuts it. She falls to the ground through a, a greenhouse kind of thing. Which I thought this was the best part of this film was the roof chase. Reminded me of uh, Tango and Cash. Remember when they bust out of the prison and they got to slide across those electrical wires? Oh, because she jumps on that wire. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jenny gets up. Leatherface starts chasing her again. thought there was a pretty cool shot of him running through the greenhouse. Just, I guess in this movie, it's probably one of the only good things. I mean, it's just a guy running through a pane of glass, but I thought it looked decent. Yeah. We, we try to give it what's good, you know, try to give some pluses. But I think even in your description, you've said like four times, like, well, Leatherface starts chasing her again. You know, right. like it's just, it's so repetitive. They basically just yeah. do, they do this chase scene in four different places all connected you know it's and at this point uh, at least it's something but right you know because you only had four you only had four victims and you've killed three of them so jenny gets back over to the trailer uh darla is still there it's probably like eleven thirty at night now yeah uh Darla makes a call to W.E., who's the redneck guy that was holding up Barry at the beginning. W.E. shows up with a sack and a cattle prod. They capture Jenny and put her into Darla's trunk. But Darla's not going straight home. First, she's going to stop and get some pizza for everybody. And so I- She wants W.E. To, to tell Vilmer that she's going to pick up pizza and she says it like six times. Mm-hmm. Make sure you tell him I'm stopping to get... Yeah. Well, I think it is important to note at this point that there there are basically zero deaths by chainsaw in this movie. And also, the whole main driving factor for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was cannibalism, which this movie doesn't have either because we're stopping to pick up a bunch of pizzas for everyone on the way home. Mm-hmm. That they don't put human flesh on. No, I don't think these people are interested in <laughs> chainsawing or cannibalizing anyone. I mean, really, folks, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, any of the films, just boils down to a family that likes to have fucking dinner parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jenny's in the back, uh, the trunk of this car. She's kind of screaming and kicking. Darla gets out of her car to go investigate what's happening back there. At this point, some cops pull up behind Darla. And uh, I thought it was really funny that the pizza guy, like, hands Darla her pizza by, like, he, like, fully tilts the box. Yes. Like, it's one of my two notes. Yeah, yeah. He he turns the pizza ninety degrees to put it out. Did you say it's one of your two notes? Yeah, I took I only took two notes. <laughs> Got to hit the pizza thing. Yeah, I wrote these assholes don't know how to make roads, and then I gave up. 
and then I was so pissed off by the pizza that pizza handed over at a 90 degree angle. That's it. That made you grab a pin again? Oh, I pulled out my phone and typed it in my notes. Yeah, yeah so it was because it's, yeah, three fucking pizzas just and hand it over. And then, okay, I'll bitch more about the pizza as we go further on. Yeah, and then these cops come to a pizza place to get black coffee. Yeah, who does that? My other favorite thing about this scene is that, like, after she kind of, you know, the cop is like, well, I'm not going to investigate this any further. He's walking back to his car. Uh, So Darla's, she gets back into her car, and the same pizza guy goes like, "Uh, ma'am, you forgot your drinks. And he has them in, like, two giant bags. Could you imagine getting a bag of, like, loose cups of drinks that are just, you take one turn. Uh, two miles too quick and those things are tipping over i did Cron, that's a texas thing you get your drinks in a bag in texas yep when we go down to where my pops is from when you go they like to go to a certain place to get uh sweet teas and yeah they'll give them to you in a bag if you order like four of them why mm. i mean i guess it's just a way to carry it I guess if they don't they, have, see, I was going to shit on it too. And then I thought, well, maybe this was, I was like, I don't know. I thought in the nineties they had drink carriers, but maybe if it's, they a, haven't, if it's a mom, figured it out in Texas, that piece of cardboard that folds out yeah, <laughs> has four slots. Well, this is like a little mom and pop place. So maybe they keep costs down, you know, it's like how the Chinese restaurant won't give you napkins unless you ask for it. And they can't chop your duck because they've lost their knife. Yeah. You know what, Texas? Either sort this shit out or we're giving you to Mexico. I'd be fine with that. Texas, we love you guys. Keep listening. Yeah, keep getting your bag full of drinks, you dumbasses. Cron, you can't go to war with Canada and Texas. Nah, dude, I'm a Why not? middle of the country dude. The Midwest. He's will, taking it from both sides. Midwest will reign supreme, dude. I'm like Napoleon. I'm gonna start wars on every fucking border, dude. Did we, you get to the end of that book? What book? The Napoleon book? No. Okay. I think that book is just called Defeat. I heard that was a real <laughs> short uh, read. Yeah. I started uh, Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You like it? I don't order that shit. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's immediately different. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they're meeting in Schwartz's office, not at the restaurant. And then he, like a lot of the, a lot of stuff that he fil- he fills out later on is in that scene. So like the great escape story that he's telling him and all that shit that's right there in the first chapter so and you read it you're imagining DiCaprio and Al Pacino in it it's pretty good but yeah go pick it up guys yeah it's like eight bucks uh we cut over to Heather she somehow gotten herself off the this giant hook 
She's crawling across the road. Uh, Darla shows up in her car. What do you think? Bitch can kid, crawl, man. What do you think the technique is there to get out of that hook? I don't know, dude. If you're hanging on it like that, yeah, you'd have to have enough arm strength to to just reach up, grab it, and pull yourself up. Yeah. And Heather does not look like she's got the upper body for That's it. That's what I was wondering. Is there is there some core strength? Is she having to get the legs up? I guess you could swing your legs to kind of like kip yourself off of it. Yeah. But I think you'd still need a lot of good upper body. Remember in uh, Pitch Black when Vin Diesel dislocates his shoulders so he can bring his arms all the way up and around? Do you remember that? No, No. I didn't. I've seen that movie, but I don't remember that. Oh, that's a, I fucking love Pitch Black. The, yeah, he's got I, the dude got his arms like you know, handcuffed behind him, on like a pole, and there's a split in the pole up above him. So he he snaps his shoulders and brings his arms. It's fucking brutal looking. It's awesome. I've only made it into hour four of your great scenes breakdown video that you sent us. Mm-hmm. The problem with Riddick is, is that he doesn't have a family though. <laughs> this is a Texas I, chainsaw massacre episode. I know. And I do not want to talk about this movie. So they should mash up like Riddick and another and fast and furious. Two Vins playing off each other. What are you doing here? <laughs> All right, so what are you doing? <laughs> I can't. It's almost Italian there. Heather got herself off the hook. She's crawling across the road. Corona. Darla gets out of her car and grabs a stick from the woods. She lazily hits her about four times, <laughs> and then tells her not to crawl off. Leatherface gets Ginny out of the trunk. Uh, Darla goes into the house. Vilmer's going through a box of remotes. Why are my batteries not charged? Cronny, you might have skipped over what kind, what Matthew McConaughey has. Yeah, I guess since I gave the batteries line, it'd be important to point out that Vilmer, who is Matthew McConaughey, Basically has a tube that runs from his waist to his foot with some sort of apparatus on it that is apparently controlled by a remote control and it makes his leg work. Dude has a bionic leg. It Yeah, it looks like... Um, remember Stone Cold Steve Austin whenever he would have to wear that big, <laughs> that big knee brace? Yeah. You wore that thing forever. Yeah. But it just looks like a makeshift knee brace thing. And they they put some Foley work, like a... Like every time McConaughey moves. Mm-hmm. Anytime he's in the house, he is at that island in that kitchen, dicking with some sort of remote or battery. Well, I guess he's... Well, he has a like a bucket full of remotes. Yeah. And I guess they all control the leg? Universal, baby. 
Yeah, but this is another reason to keep your fucking house clean. You've got all these remotes and wires and shit everywhere. Like, I think this is probably the scene in the movie where I was really like, this movie is not going to be good at all. <laughs> I think this is about the 45 minute You made mark. it that far? I guess I kept out hope <laughs> in a way. Like, like I said, it it starts at its peak, and I guess all throughout the first forty five minutes, it was notching down for me. And then I think we got here, and I thought this isn't going to come back around. And that's the bottom line. Maybe this would just be a good spot to go ahead and take a little. Pee make break. sure you're washing your clothes in a cold wash with Tide. Make sure your kids are safe and they don't eat these Tide Pods. That's the bottom line. Don't eat Tide Pods. I remember one time I had to... I I went to a wrestling event when I was in like the fourth grade. Badass. And I I loved Stone Cold. So I made a, a giant Austin 316 sign. And then... I was going with my buddy Trevor, and his dad was going to take us. And I called Trevor, and he uh, was like, oh, dude, I made a sign, Austin 316. He was like, oh, dude, don't put that on the sign because my dad thinks that's religiously offensive. (laughs) So I had to scramble, and I just I put a giant box over the 316, and then it became like, that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. So, like, that was the line, like this big fucking square. <laughs> and, like, all the all the other wording was, like, tiny around it. <laughs> like, pointing up to the bottom. Like, this is the bottom line, guys. <laughs> yeah, so I basically just had a sign that had, like, a big black square in the middle of it. Thank God for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation, because we would have never got that story. <laughs> right. I thought you Let's were going to tell me that he got, you got fucking beer all over it, you know? <laughs> no. I wish. I probably held it up like super proud. Like Stone Cold, look at my sign. <laughs> it was so trashy, but that was still such a cool fucking thing when he'd, he'd get up on the turnbuckles and smash two beers together and fucking throw them around like that that just juices the people up man <laughs> miller light baby mm-hmm. yeah if only he so was if- at the capitol as a diversion nah. <laughs> yeah he wouldn't stoop that low so the big list no i'm saying rest- a diversion to get them away from the capitol you know <laughs> what i mean like pff, he was throwing beers and shit Oh, and then he gives, like, Vince McMahon a a stunner. Just bring out, like, WWE's on the national, like, Security force? The Congressional Security Force. All right, guys, get it going. Get it going, Vince. We need a distraction. Stone Cold Steve Austin gets a Medal of Freedom. Mm -hmm. Undertaker, Undertaker, Q Undertaker now. Can you? Yeah, you can just imagine like Vince McMahon doing his fucking swag walk with a thousand fucking truthers behind him. You know what I mean? Like the Pied Piper, just fucking mm-hmm. 
diverted them from Congress over somewhere else. So just to recap, our big list of wrestlers is number one, Doink, number two, Dink, number three, Stone Cold, number four, Ric Flair, number five, Hulk Hogan. We never voted Jet flying, limo riding, <laughs> kiss stealing. Doesn't he have Ooh. like alligator shoes on? Yeah, he can't keep them down. <laughs> yeah. Dan knows this better than I do. An amazing man. Doink? No, Ric Flair. Ric Flair. All right, let's pee. Uh, yeah, I think we're on a pee break. <laughs> Follow 5 Day Rentals on Letterboxd. Send us an email, 5 Day Rentals Podcast at gmail.com. Welcome back from your break, listener. You probably heard a tasty little ditty here in the middle. Yeah. And possibly a promotion for the podcast you're listening to. Review and rate us. Yeah. I certainly hope so. Who, kn- who knows what great music mousy, <laughs> what great music we'll pick from the next generation. <laughs> you should just layer twenty nine chainsaw sound effects. <laughs> This might have been the movie that just forces us to find original, <laughs> different music. All right, so we're at some kind of little uh, dinner party that is happening at the old Weatherface house. Uh, Vilmer threatens Jenny a bunch and puts his fingers in her mouth. Honestly, he, go ahead. He has... Zellweger by the neck for like at least 20 minutes of this film. Yeah, there's there's four different scenes of him in her face, grabbing her, groping, yelling. Spitting food on her. Yeah, at one point he's like in her ear screaming. I thought, felt bad for Renee Zellweger yeah. at the end of this movie. Yeah. She's too good for the movie. Like, yeah, she's way above... I, I'm I'm not totally sure on McConaughey. I think he's I I think he thinks he's doing a better job than he actually is, you know, like he's really getting into it. But Yeah. A lot of pointing. Renee, he points a lot in that like this that's his move in this. Raising his arms. Yeah. And, you know. I think, like, very clearly, Renee Zellweger doesn't want to be here, and McConaughey is acting like, I don't know, like, this is Citizen Kane. (laughs) Well, it's only like his third or fourth feature. It's insane how early on it is. So, I kind of get, I get being in the movie. It's just a bummer that it's such a shit. Uh, Leatherface drags in Heather. She's still alive. Uh, Vilmer goes in for a kiss, and he, like, bites her pretty hard. He, like, goes in to kiss her, and then he comes up all bloody, so I assume he bit her pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you, we get a scene. Are you feeling bad for Heather at this point? 
No. Yeah, me either. I don't think I, I wanted feel... to make sure I wasn't a fucking true fucking psycho by not feeling any remorse fact, for Heather. Like, why isn't this bitch dead yet? <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say. I don't feel bad for her, but it's just like you see one guy get run over by a car, the other guy gets smashed by a hammer. Heather is like the like when you are playing a video game and you feel like you just can't, you know, they're going to restart you at the last checkpoint no matter what. Yeah. Like that's kind of what Heather is. Uh she just will not perish in this film. We get a scene where Darla is talking to Ginny in the bathroom. Uh she says that Vilmer is under a lot of stress with his job. And then she goes into this whole thing that, like, these are the people responsible for the Kennedy assassination, and they've been operating for over 2,000 years. There are a few references to the Illuminati throughout the film. Vilmer comes in and threatens to kill her, but he doesn't because he wants her alive for some reason. This is like a whole scene where he's like, you got to tell me why I'd want you to live. And I don't know, none of this is important in any way. Leatherface drags Ginny back to the kitchen. Vilmer and Darla start fighting. Ginny gets up and grabs a shotgun and tells everyone to get on the floor. And Vilmer starts cutting himself. So Vilmer cuts himself a lot in this movie. And I think... I guess he's supposed to be the the weird guy who worked at the slaughterhouse in Texas Chainsaw 1. Is that the connection I'm supposed to make? Him and... Is it W.E.? Yeah. Where, yeah, they were supposed to be kind of two side characters from the original. Well, I guess it's... I don't hate that they tried to bring a character back, but... That guy gets, like, run over by a truck at the end of Texas Chainsaw 1. The guy who cuts himself? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the reason for the bionic, bionic leg. Well, that's what I thought, but it's just kind of... I mean, he gets, like, flattened by a... Like, <laughs> there's no way you're... By, <laughs> by one of the coolest fucking truck drivers ever to grace film. Yeah, fucking hero. Uh, Vilmer comes in, oh wait, I think I already read that. He wants her alive for some reason, so Leatherface drags Jenny back to the kitchen. Did I already read this part too? Yes. This is where (laughs) she grabs a shotgun. (laughs) All right. Is this where the the dead looking old guy gets up? Just like, leaves? We're not there yet. Okay. (laughs) Uh, so at this point the family starts going crazy. Vilmer's trying to kill Darla with his electric boot, and Ginny tells Heather to get up. So it's kind of like she has him at gunpoint, but they get to a point where they don't even give a shit about her anymore. Yeah. They're just doing their own thing. Uh, Ginny tries to shoot Vilmer, but oh no, there's no bullet. Uh, Vilmer goes full on bonkers at this point. Ginny runs out of the house, seeing that no one is paying attention to her anymore. She takes Darla's car. Vilmer jumps on the hood. Ginny gets him off the hood, but the hood flies up, and she just kind of runs into a, a fence post or something. 
and Vilmer drags her back to the house. At this point, we cut over and Leatherface is in full-on drag. So he's got on like a negligee and some breasts. Looking like a fucked up Kardashian. <laughs> oh, I thought he looked like a mangled Cher. <laughs> I thought he looked like uh, the the big lady from Pink Flamingos. If I could turn back uh, down. Divine. Yeah. Yep. If I could turn back Mangled Cher. That's a good uh, band name. Damn, I want to watch Witches of Eastwick now. <laughs> Get the taste of this movie out of your mouth? For sure. <laughs> uh, Darla shows up. She has the remote for Vilmer's leg. They violently kiss each other at this point. <laughs> Bionic legs and pizza must turn this bitch on. And here we are. I think I said earlier we were at the dinner scene, but this is where the dinner scene actually takes place. Uh, Vilmer comes in and says, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to my world. Yeah. Getting that line in there. They finally start serving pizza. So guys, the next time you're in public and somebody says, all right, all right, all right. You could say, oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation. Yeah. What? What are you talking about? Well, I think if they say, all right, all right, all right, you can say, welcome to my world, and you, like, look over at them, and then they'll be like, no, I'm doing McConaughey, and you'll be like, you're a fucking poser, dude. Well, if they do it, I think I'm just going to be like, just start screaming at them. (laughs) Get right in their ear. Spit all over them. Uh, so I guess at this point, everything that is happening is because Leatherface is tired of his old face and wants a new one, and he's selected Ginny's. That's at least what they lay out for the next five minutes of plot. Uh, <laughs> Ginny gets up. She says, I'm leaving. My, this is where... My dog is having Grant- a, uh, a dream right now. I don't know if you can hear it. You think he's... Having a nightmare about this movie. No. I heard something. Okay. Uh, so Jenny gets up, says she's leaving. This is also where the grandpa just gets up and decides he's done with all this bullshit as well. Not going to suck a finger here. My thoughts exactly. I thought this guy kind of looked like Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. I said, same thing, yeah. I hurt myself today. Oh, fuck this. <laughs> uh, Vilmer hits W.E. a bunch with a hammer. Uh, <laughs> he also lights Heather on fire, and Darla puts her out. And then a guy in a limo shows up. Hey, Johnny Cash here. I was so fucked up on cocaine, whiskey, I don't even remember being in this Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Skin that smoke wagon, see what happens. I killed a teenager in my house just to 
make a bodysuit. I'm going to Texas, going to skin a girl. Uh, so this guy in the limo shows up, and he basically comes in and tells Vilmer, I want these people to know the meaning of horror. He also opens up his shirt, and he's got some kind of weird design carved into his stomach. And like three brass rings. I think this is where the whole Illuminati thing was also supposed to come into play. I'm not an Illuminati expert, so it all is lost on me. The thing I couldn't get, the guy's haircut, he's got that weird no sideburn cut. You know what I mean? Where it goes from like forehead and just... That's the thing I that, tuned into. It's like, that's what you know. noticed about a, a guy who had three brass rings in his stomach? I, yeah. I'm, dude, do what you want to your body. I don't give a shit, but fuck We've up watched your, strange fuck up, Yeah, fuck up your hairline like that. I'm, but yeah, at least go to a good barber. Yeah. Do you think that guy had to drive in from Zabulba to mm-hmm. monitor the situation in Texas? That was probably the manager. I think he flew in on that crop duster, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Vilmer starts to crush Heather with his mechanical boot. I guess he kills her at this point, so Heather is dead. Finally. And then he starts cutting himself a whole lot more. And Darla's, like, trying to stop him. Every time Mm -hmm. he tries to, he starts cutting himself, Darla freaks out. Uh, Vilmer holds Ginny down. Leatherface has his chainsaw. Ginny gets Vilmer's leg remote and starts mashing on the buttons, so his leg starts going haywire. And she's able to run out of the house again. Is she the... the she's the stripper teacher in Varsity Blues. Heather is? No. Darla? Darla. Yep. Is that her only other credit? Nah, she's got a couple more, but I did see Varsity Blues on there, and I'm like, I don't, I can't. And now I just remembered that. Huh. Not going to tell you why I remember that, but. (gasps) I don't want to know why you remember that. I'm not going to tell you why I remember that. Uh, some elderly couple is in a camper coming down the dirt road as Jenny's running out. Don't stop. And they're drinking giant Bloody Marys. Yep. So they hit Spot it. They hit it pretty hard the night before. This is their hair this of the, is the dog. Spotishes. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like early morning, and they're mm-hmm. just. They probably <laughs> haven't slept. At least they're fucking driving. They're keeping to the back roads. <laughs> Spottishes. Maybe they were. Yeah, they were up all night making uh, meth. Love. It's well, fucking retirement, bro. I call it meth, but I guess if you're making a shit ton of money off of it, you might call it love. Uh, Jenny's able to get into the camper. Vilmer and Leatherface are in pursuit. 
they kind of run the camper off the road and it yeah because it's <laughs> well the old lady is finally like she's being chased by a madman with a chainsaw <laughs> and like, helps her in he's got a chainsaw yeah speed up mr spottish uh, so their camper flips over. Jenny's able to get out. And then, so she's being chased by Vilmer and Leatherface. A crop duster plane shows up out of nowhere and flies down and kills Vilmer by whacking him in the head with the propeller. That's a five-day riddles first. Uh, at this point, the limo shows up again. Jenny gets in and... Who would have thought it? It's stomach ring guy again. This is where I got confused. He starts to apologize to her and says, all of this was set up and it was supposed to be a spiritual experience for her. He also tells her that she can go to, she can go to the cops or she can go to a hospital. Now, obviously she picks hospital but as soon as we cut over there, there's a cop interviewing her. So best of both worlds, I yeah. guess. So cop that is interviewing her is John Duggan. He plays the original grandpa in uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Incredible. Paul A. Parton, who plays uh, Franklin Hardesty. And the original is the orderly, and the girl on the gurney is Marilyn Burns, who plays Sally in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The original final girl yep. of the film. That's why I said I thought they looked familiar. Yeah, so the cop is talking to her, and uh, as he, he's discussing what happened, they do see a lady getting wheeled by on a gurney, which is the original girl from Texas Chainsaw and our final girl Ginny kind of stares off at her and the cop is basically asking her do you know her and then we just get one last shot of Leatherface out in a field in drag spinning around with a chainsaw in his hands crying like a bitch and guys that's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre the next generation Run, 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 run. <laughs> Gentlemen, upon further research, this movie was released January 1st, 1994 in Germany. Theatrical release for a few weeks, September 24th, 1995 in the United States and Canada. That's where we're getting the confusion of 94 and 95. We have a budget of 600K estimated. Estimated, sorry. Uh, worldwide, 185K brought in for uh, gross. Did not do well. Uh, nobody is massacred by a chainsaw in this film. Two years later, McConaughey and Zellweger both blew up. McConaughey with a time to kill in 1996. Jerry Maguire for Zellweger in 1996. Both shared the same talent agent. 
both appeared in Dazed and Confused in the year before, in 1993, I believe. Original title of the film, Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, and we covered the early scene with Ginny and her stepdad. And that's all I really found. Did watch a documentary that was 55 minutes on YouTube. So if you want to check that out. Didn't really... He kind of covers every character, but there's a lot of interviewing with uh, Kim Hinkle there. Just his thoughts and everything. and Going through all the shots and behind the scenes and everything. But that's a bit... Or that's it for uh, Upon Further Research. Wow. Well, uh, should we rate the letterboxd or go to final thoughts? We can combine the two if you want. Well, let's rate the letterbox first and see if we can segue into our final thoughts from there. Bones, go ahead. Dan, I'm going to give you a one. Kyle, I'm going to give you a one. Cron, I'm giving you a one. Bones, I'm giving you a point five. I think I'm gonna do the exact same as Dan here. I'm gonna say Bones is a point five. Dan, I'm gonna give you a one. Bones, expose yourself. I mean, I'm only giving it the point five because we got to give it something, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I was gonna say I, I thought about it at break, and I was gonna say I just want to remind you the scale is point five two five. Yeah, uh, this movie is fucking awful. There is nothing uh, enjoyable about it. There's nothing inside of it that I can say. Oh, I liked that enough to even give it. Um, one star. Um, my second viewing of this, I got so bored, I just started to scrub through it just to sort of remind myself, like, oh, yeah, they go here. Oh, yeah, they do that. And I decided, you know what? I just might not talk a whole lot during this episode. Um, just I, I feel bad for all the people involved except uh, our director, our writer director here. This is just a, a absolute piece of shit. Sorry. <laughs> Dan? Folks, I fucking love the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I enjoy the 2003 remake. I've en- I enjoyed Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. But this did not live up to anything that is Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I'm going to have to even you out Kyle with MXP and I'm taking it a point five. I even watched a 55 minute documentary behind the scenes and I still didn't give a shit after that so I feel like I gave it enough chances but there's just it's just screaming that's <laughs> I had my volume on five because it was just screaming that's all it was I mean, you have Matthew McConaughey, who is a, a wonderful actor. 
and you have Mrs. Zellweger, who is a good actor, both Oscar winners. So I don't, it's just, I don't know what, I don't know how you go from helping write the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre to being given, well, you were given a lot of money, but it was pushed down, obviously, to to this. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry, I guess. I'm not sorry. It, like like I said last week, Kron brought up a few, a few weeks ago, would I ever watch this movie again? I hope I don't have to. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think I liked this movie slightly more than both of you. I do want to say slightly. <laughs> uh, I would give this a one. And I think... To me, this had a decent setup in the first 20 minutes for a horror movie. There was very few scenes where I thought, like, oh, this is funny. This could, like, the lady in the red dress. (laughs) Like, if it had leaned more that way, this could have been a fun watch. But it it just doesn't. There's... (laughs) Literally, the best part are, is the opening credits, and you're going to go straight down a hill from there, <laughs> and it's just going to get steeper and steeper and steeper. The fucking amazing thing, though, is if you watch the documentary and you hear them talking about what they're making, like, they think they're making, like, a cutting-edge, funny-slash-fucked-up, like, like, this is, like, the next thing, like, ah. It's like you guys have no idea. I, <laughs> well, I think I mean rightfully so, right? You have to go into this. I mean, it's kind of like our podcast. We believe in it, but yeah, is it's it really probably shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's that whole thing. I I mean, I think the biggest issue here is they thought that they were making some kind of dark comedy, and when you try to make camp, it's never going to work. Like you are never going to purposefully make the room or showgirls or like any of the things that had a ton of problems and are still enjoyable like this movie is is literally just we are trying to make a trashy movie and they failed miserably at doing it yeah Yeah, about 20 minutes in, I was concerned about my monster dog. (laughs) Guys, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation, would be ranked number 24 out of 24 on our big list. It has an average rating of 0.67. Monster Dog, which is now number 23 has an average rating of 1.52, just for comparison. Fuck. This is good, Dan. This is good. Guys, (laughs) welcome to the bottom. (laughs) Kron, you literally have four films in the top seven? I have five films in the top ten, 
And now I also have the bottom of the list. (laughs) So when did you, so you said what, 45 minutes in you realized? Well, no, I mean, at, at 10 minutes in, I realized there were problems here (laughs) at 45 minutes in. I had the realization that this will never get better (laughs) in any way. 45 minutes was the point where I gave up any hope that this might be entertaining in the least. Did you think you were coming in at the bottom tonight? Uh, yeah, definitely. I thought, <laughs> I mean, I was pretty sure locked in on, on bones would be a 0.5. I was kind of in between 0.5 and one for you. I started as a, a 1.5, I think, the end of Monday night. And then I watched a documentary and I was like, still ain't doing it. Well, I had I'd read an article a while ago that just said, like, Texas Chainsaw, the next generation, like, should be a cult midnight movie. And after watching this, I was like, no way. I don't even like staying up till midnight. And if I had to watch this pile of shit at that time of day, <laughs> I'd just leave angry, dude. I'm pretty sure I let out audible like, uh, like by myself at least six or seven times throughout this thing. I would rather I would rather deal with that 15 minute drive that I had when I woke up with the kidney stone to the hospital <laughs> emergency room. God damn. That 15 minutes of absolute fucking terror where I had to force myself to like sit upright and drive and pay attention. I would rather do that again than sit through this movie. <laughs> Karan, you did a number, bro. Yeah. You know Great great for the podcast, I guess, but man. I thought see I thought sequels only could lead to this though. You know? Like mm-hmm. there's no way any sequel well, I don't want to say there's no way. There are probably a handful of sequels that are as good as the original film, if not better. But most of the time they almost always get worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're almost always at a handicap with horror. Mm-hmm. Because very often a horror movie is written as a singular story, like self-contained. And whenever you try to force something out of it, you know, and try to squeeze it for more, it doesn't really work. But you have a huge fucking problem when you have a movie that's called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and you don't kill anybody with a goddamn chainsaw. Yes, you're like absolutely that, right. That's that's seventy five percent of the tickets sold right there. Alright. People getting fucked up with the chainsaw, hell yeah. I mean I guess I will say I kinda wish I had just picked Jason Goes to Hell for this. I think it would have been a funner watch. Oh. I think you should have took Texas Chainsaw Massacre part two. You know, 
I'd never seen four. I thought it had such a low rating on IMDb, but it had Zellweger and McConaughey that I thought maybe there's something in here worth discussing. There's not much. Letterboxd user rating for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre of the Next Generation, 1.9. Fucking morons. You snobs. I think we're usually below the averages, so this makes sense. There's always... Yeah, we're the snobs, I guess, in that scenario. There's always 300 people that are like, this is five stars. Oh. You don't you don't get it. Kyle, did you, did you get our rate, or, uh, rate my letterbox scores in there? Uh, I think I had me at 1.5, Bones at 1.5, Dan at 2. Yep. Yeah, do we do we have a final score on that? We should well, have had it last week. I did give it last week. Did but you? I will I will update you now. Yeah. Uh right now I would have 9. I have 9 total. Bones has 10.5. Dan has 8.5. So I'm going third for our review show. I mean, well, you, if it happened right now you would. Yeah. But we got two more episodes. We're all within two points of each other. I mean, the spread between you and Bones is just two points. So, wait, do we have two episodes or a whole other category after this? This is our. This should be our last category. Okay. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're going third. It means you pick your position in the snake draft third, which means you wouldn't pick your snake draft position. But I mean, literally, if, you know, Bones got a zero next round and you got a two. Yeah, you could still. Yeah, it's anybody's game. All right. Well, lead us out of here, Kyle. All right. That was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation from 1994 or 95 or who gives a shit. Uh, this was directed by Tim Henkel. Kim. Uh, Kim. 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 Tim. Whatever your name is, please stop making movies. <laughs> I think, uh, he's I think he did. <laughs> well, I guess he did, and then maybe he died. Dan, if he's not dead, tag him in the episode. <laughs> Will do. Let's see here. Oh, son of a so, bitch. He does not look how I imagined he would look. He looks like a young version of Dr. Phil. Yep. Hey, so anyway, we're going to... He talks we're gonna like re- that too, We're going to revamp Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Maybe he is Dr. Phil. I'm telling you, if you get a chance, check out that fucking documentary on YouTube. He was kind of like, I guess Hollywood's not working out, so maybe I'll try my hand at televised fake medicine we're gonna pull a last jedi on this now and there ain't gonna be a single chainsaw killing in this massacre all right so that was this movie we're happy to be done with it and uh after showers (laughs) love you guys love you kim this man's still around (laughs) 
After showers, uh, Bones is going to tell us what the next selection is for sequels only. And guess what, guys? Only uphill from here. <laughs> Crash and burn. Point five. Crash and burn. Welcome back, everybody, from your brief intermission, where you got to hear some more great banging tunes. Uh, this is the after shower segment of the podcast, where we let our hair down. Oh, hello. And Bones is going to let us know what we're going to be watching next for sequels only. Thanks, Kyle. And uh, I... I just wanted to say thanks for that fun pick. Um, in no way is it a reflection on you, my my low score of that. But Look, it, I had not it, watched this it's movie. Im- it's important for me, for you to know that I'm simply judging the movie and not you. Sometimes I feel like I get judged when my movies are ranked. And How? I'm just fucking do you, who do you, I'm just fucking who do you feel that from? Nobody. I'm just that sensitive of a person. I'm like, oh, man. Uh, All right. So, sequels only. I had this particular pick um, in a bunch because I was trying to figure out how to watch um, this series, maybe for the podcast or just on my own. It's something that um, I came across a while ago. Um. And I'm kind of glad to watch this one first, as I've heard this is sort of the Terminator 2 to its predecessor's Terminator, in a way. Um, so we're going to go to 1990, watching a movie by William Lustig, and uh, it's called Maniac Cop 2. Dan, does that surprise you? Does this pick surprise you? I've always wanted to... Indulge into the Maniac Cop. So. This has... Uh, I'm down. I believe Bruce Campbell I'm, is predominant in the first Maniac Cop. He's credited yeah. in this one. I don't know if he pops up just as like a throwback or something. Um, this also has Robert Davi, who you might know from uh, License to Kill. He is the villain in License to Kill, and he's also one of the FBI guys in Die Hard. And uh, he's the owner of the strip joint in uh, Showgirls, which you just brought up. Uh, And this also has Robert Zadar. I think that's how you pronounce his name. A sort of B-movie 80s and 90s actor known for his uh, huge chin. He had some sort of growth... defect or something that caused his his face to continue to grow so he's got a great look for movies um he's awesome in uh samurai cop i don't know when the last time either of you watched samurai cop was it's been a while yeah well i was gonna say i know i've seen maniac cop one cool several times so i maybe watched 
number two like once or twice. I can't remember. This will be a fun rewatch if I have, though. Yeah, I've actually debated on seeing if I can sneak Maniac Cop in beforehand. Uh, Bones, do you know if this is available anywhere? Oh, great question, Kyle. This is available on our favorite, Tubi. And I believe it was on somewhere else. I want to confirm for you. I believe it's on Shutter. Yes, that was what. So you can watch for free in standard definition on Tubi, Vudu, or the Roku channel. And then if you want to watch it in HD, you can watch on the Roku channel with ads. That's probably how I'll watch it. I feel like the Roku channel has less annoying ads than Tubi. Hey, we're trying to get sponsored by them, so. Tubi, love your ads. No, I'm, I'm going to play it hard to get. I'm going to start shit-talking them. They can come around to me for, for once. <laughs> After watching a single movie on Tubi, I am convinced I need Zoloft or, <laughs> I don't know, whatever else the hell you're hawking. Well, Butrin. Yeah. After uh, a week of watching Tubi, my balls got heavier. After a week of watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre of the Next Generation, I feel like I just need to scream at more people. Dude, if your balls got heavier after watching Tubi, you got to work that out or else you'll get prostate cancer. For real. I have a friend whose dad's a doctor. And he told me that you can't you can't let your balls get too big. Mm-hmm. I can't from just a from a financing perspective. Like I'm just the friction. I'm just blowing through under underwear. Yeah, I'm just I blow like literally blowing through them. <laughs> yeah, like I blow through the front of underwear like Leatherface through a front door. Mm-hmm. You just pull out a strand of cotton from your pants. Just big clumps of it. It's like whenever a baseball gets ripped apart. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 like a it's a patch. It's like you know when you went to your grandmother's house and she quilted and there'd be like those random quilt patches all over the place. Yeah. It's just a or sometimes if I got a loose, you know, slit in the front, my balls will slip out that, you know, the momentum. And then they can't get back in. Sure. And then I got I this like you're, Robert uh, Zadar chin. too much here? What? No, so I have like a lot to give out. out. That's the problem. I need to get some of it out of there. <laughs> so like your balls fly through the opening of your boxers? Yeah. You need to get you need well, to get I'm the, a briefs I'm a boxer button. briefs guy. Yeah. I got the, you know, it's the it's the twofold thing. It's the front flap. Does anybody have the like the one that has the space for your nutsack that like the separate the cradle. thing you put your, yeah, you put your nutsack in? I bought some, but they were way too tight 
and the rest, like the rest of the underwear, was too tight around the legs. Yeah, but the the idea of it cradling the the bulge was actually kind of nice. So, oh, see, I was gonna say I had some, but even with the extra room, it was still too tight in the crotch. Yeah, this is why we need like Tommy John, Tommy John. Like, we're dying over here. Come on. Well, see, I had to do a mold to get these made. <laughs> I had to. They sent me like this two part epoxy stuff that I had to mix up you in just a got bucket, money, bro. Yeah. Well, then I had to dip my balls into the bucket and make a reverse cast. It was a whole ordeal. So. I got to get mine to go past my knees so my the tip of my dick doesn't hang out the bottom. I that's not true at all. Yeah. Well, the problem is no matter how big my dick is, my balls are so big, they're pushing my dick right up in my face. <laughs> so if I ever have an accident, Dan, I want you to put just for a day, put a Pringles can in your pants and just walk a mile in my shoes. See what it feels like. I don't understand why you can't. me putting a Pringle can in my underwear would be a mile in your shoes. Just send me your fucking shoes and I'll walk in them. Because that's how I get around every day, Dan. Yeah. Kyle why do you put his- a Pringle can in your underwear? No, I'm saying that's my unit, dude. So your P unit, like your Pringles unit? Yeah, my P unit. Like all every chips that you buy is just Pringles. Man, you're not even picking up on the joke no, the right way. <laughs> I'm a Lay's guy. Sorry. I can tell, dude. There's nothing wrong with that. Bones is Frito Lay's. Come on. Bro, you know you know I'm a fucking spicy nacho Dorito. I bought a uh, spicy nachos the other accidentally the other day, and I was like, Bones would appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Man, I think you were so close right there to saying spicy Nazis. <laughs> you know, Dan has have to pay for his spicy Nazis. He called them nachos. <laughs> It was the mixture of nachos and spicy. Nazis. <laughs> mixture of nachos and Nazis. That the Nazis were the spicy nachos of Doritos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was all just like it was all just salt and vinegar up until the Nazis. They really put well, a who, they put some zest call- into their st- who who would you call the cool ranch of World War Two? <laughs> Probably like uh, America. Uh, I was gonna say Australia, like <laughs> nah, or Canada. Know. You know what I mean? Like they were there. They don't get a ton of credit. They still got a little. Yeah, Halen, my daughter, the other day said she liked Cool Ranch more than Nacho, and I was like. I don't know if you can live in my house anymore. They're a good palate cleanser. Uh, you know, every once in a while, like it's it's something new. I I I think I started out that way as well. I think I always liked Cool Ranch more, and then as I got older, I realized 
Cool Ranch is not where it's at. Do you think that was because they're called Cool Ranch? Like you couldn't disassociate? No, I like, think I was full on flavor <laughs> from the get go. Your like, your flavor first? Yeah, I think so. Real flavor forward you, with your thinking. If you if you get that one that just has a shitload of Cool Ranch on it, like that's a legit chip. Well, you were also working on that dude ranch at the time. No, Kron, I was the fourth member of Blink-182, and that was our album. Because you were always eating Cool Ranch on the dude ranch? Yeah. It was just too much? Now, was Tom DeLong? Was he, I was, was that he, guy. Was he UFO obsessed back then, too? Oh, yeah. Totally, guys. I just did percussion for him, so... Per- and then Travis was like... <laughs> the fuck out of here dude you gotta love when you see percussion in those liner notes because it you know that means you didn't play drums nah you there's just... other stuff and then they're like well we don't really feel like we should have a congo because we're kind of like trying like a like a funny like pop punk thing i don't know and you were like what's funnier than fucking congos dude and i was like <laughs> well what's what's gonna be the name of this album and they were like take your pants off and jacket. And I was like, yeah, guys, I don't think that's going to work. So I ended up quitting. So, mm-hmm. man, you were yeah. way wrong. Yeah. It may have been the worst mistake of my life. Now I'm here with a, a movie podcast. So, you know, with a listener. Mm-hmm. Well, we got Chile. We love you, Joss. Jaws. Mm-hmm. Josh. Why isn't this bitch dead yet?